Property Patriot, you are cleared hot. Have you ever thought about driving around in your car and finding a mobile home park? In this episode of the Aim High Podcast, I'll be speaking with Walter Johnson to discuss his journey from single-family homes to mobile home park investments. Walter found his first park driving around and looking for single-family homes. Walter shares his key insights from single-family homes to transitioning to a more profitable venture in mobile home parks. The key takeaways for this episode include the benefits of mobile home park investments, the power of seller financing, and the impact of being able to help communities through affordable housing. Hear all that and more where we provide real estate investors with the tools to achieve generational wealth. This is the Aim High Podcast, show number 69. Hello and welcome to the Aim High Podcast. I'm your host, Bud Evans. Today, I am joined by Walter Johnson. How are you, Walter? I'm doing well. Today's a good day. I got to the office and caught all the green lights on my way to the office. So I'm feeling pretty good today. That's a good way to start it. That's absolutely a good way to start. Walter, do me a favor. Listen, you and I have had conversations offline, but do me a favor and give me a quick introduction. Yeah, sure. So I'm Walter Johnson. We actually have a, a real estate fund that we buy uh, mobile home parks. And uh, I created that fund, not just because of me, but so I want to attract other investors that are looking to make capital or returns on their capital. I invest in a good clean quality real estate projects. So that's why I did. Awesome. And that's Sonos Capital. And you're primarily in Arizona? That is correct. So we invest in about 13 states, including Arizona, but Arizona, uh, it's a hotbed for mobile home parks. So we're actually focused on Arizona as well. How did you get into, like, before we even get into capital raising, how did you get into real estate as a whole? I think it, it started really, my mom, she was a single parent and we lived in an apartment building, so I think it went to childhood. So instead of me actually taking the professional basketball route, I actually, I wanted to dive in and take that, I guess, that performance and drive to buy real estate. I think that's where the drive and the passion comes from to, to buy quality homes for at an affordable price. So I think that's where it stems from. How I got into it, I moved to Arizona here in 2001. I started buying single family homes and just noticed that wasn't the way as far as cash flow. I was, I was relying on appreciation in single family homes. And once I probably, I don't know, I got maybe a couple million dollars worth of net worth in my mid twenties and just realized that wasn't the way it was buying a job. And so I got into mobile home parks in 2012. Or I started learning about mobile home parks in 2012 and I studied that for three years and bought my first one in 2017. Okay. Now I'm going to say in your mid twenties, there are a lot of people that are going to be listening to this going, well, I would love, I'd kill for a couple of million dollars in net worth in my mid twenties. Why the pivot? The, the pivot was, is that I, uh, I probably had about six or seven vacant homes with, whether people or paying, they're not paying rent or you got a victim or a tenant's moving out. And so I had about six or seven. So the rehab to get them rent ready and also the mortgages. And I just realized it was just a, a lot of capital actually going out. And so I focused more on cash flow versus appreciation. And then in 2008, the downturn hit. And of course, we all know the single family homes actually take a, took a brutal hit. And I realized mm-hmm. that my single family homes were worth zero compared to a few years ago. And so I really focused on cash flow. Okay. So moving into the mobile home parks, was that, did that increase the cash flow and take you in the direction that you really wanted it to go? Yes. Yes. hundred percent. The word, I guess the terminology that's hot right now is actually passive income. Now 
I still work on the parks, but I don't necessarily consider it passive income because I'm actually working. What I do realize is that the income's actually coming in and it, and it relieves a lot of stress in your personal and business life that you actually have a, a chuck and change coming in that's actually really reliable. Okay. So you went from that single family realm into the, into the mobile home park niche. Let's go through, what did your first purchase look like? So the first purchase I, it was a, I would say it's an 82 space, uh, park in Yuma, Arizona. And it was a hundred thousand dollars down. The seller was actually in California. And that was a 7% seller financing. That was actually my first property. My second property was probably a, where I learned a lot. It was probably a hundred five space park in Arizona. Okay. Let's just go through that first one. And how'd you come up with the hundred thousand? I borrowed it from France. A, a lot of times the sellers in bubble home parks, when they actually bought 30, 40 years ago, they're used to seller financing. And so he approached me with seller financing. That's actually probably the first seller financing deal that I did. And it actually worked out. So he says, it's, I think it, the price was, I think the price was, yeah, it was 1.2 million with a hundred thousand dollars down. Now, hundred thousand dollars down probably in 2014, 15 was actually a lot of money. I think as an economy, we're going, we're coming out of the recession. Yeah. And so I went to a few friends, borrowed the money. Okay. How's that working out? Do you still possess it? No, I actually I don't. No, I, I I sold that property. But the good thing, what I learned about that is that if you actually have a good deal, when you have a good deal, money actually comes, will come to you. And also, mm-hmm. it's a great way to actually build a reputation in real estate. Right. Which led you down the road. You're a speaker now, you're author, and you're doing it all, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm actually going to create a book called Don't Retire because I actually tried that 20, well, it was one year, 27, 28. And it was relatively boring. I was actually in downtown Denver sitting at my high rise. And so when I thought that I made it with a few million bucks in that worth, my friends were actually doing, they had nine to five jobs. So what I would do is that I would just sit on my, my high rise condo, wait for them to actually get off work at five o'clock, then we hang out. And then we hang out, have a great time, and then they would have to be at work the next day at 9 a.m. It was a lull for me, so I just realized never to retire, just keep doing something. There you go, man. I, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm retired, and I work harder now than I ever did for anybody else. Yeah, work absolutely. Harder for no, I've seen the seasons change. I thought they were going to work, and I'm waiting for that to come home and hang out. So I just, I learned my lesson. Through all of this stuff that you've done, do you have one situation that stands out that's, I never want to do that again? Yes. I, one, I don't, I won't do single family homes. Two is that because you're banking on appreciation. Two is that I would say I won't doubt myself. So I passed on a lot of deals when people ask me, what is my worst deal? I would say the worst deals are the ones that I was confident the numbers actually weren't. And I actually, I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't buy it it's because of maybe it was fear or maybe I doubt on myself. So that's one thing I actually won't do. Yeah. That, that's brutal. I look back at some of the things that I've passed on and just shake my head. And then it's on to the next one, right? Yeah. So there was actually a park, 108 space paid, 108 
space park in California. And we agreed on a price at seven million and he had a prepayment penalty and I didn't want to, and it was like $250,000. He says, can you switch this with me? I, it was a buy problem, but I didn't buy the, I didn't want to pay someone else's prepayment penalty. And it was all park owned homes, which means the park actually owned those homes. I could have sold those homes for about $30,000 each, got my down payment back, increased the rents, and that park would have been worth probably 20 million, right? So I bought it at 7 million and it was worth 20 million. That's, I guess that's the consequence of me outing my down. So you've been moving on this stuff for quite some time now. How old are you now? I'm 44. So in 20 years, I'm not going to ask you what your net worth is, but I know you're up there. It's impressive. So what's on the market? What, like, what are you doing now? What's on your horizon? So I got 102 Space Park. We're looking at uh, buying in Arizona. We're actually escrow closed March 11th. We're buying that for $2 million even, seller financing. We're going to put in about 40 homes. Once we're actually done, we increase rents from three ninety to five fifty, And that place is actually worth about $7 million. So we'll have about $5 million equity. And I'm looking at another park. We actually submitted the purchase contract. The seller verbally accepted. It's another park on in Phoenix, and we're buying that for we'll be all in for about six and a half, seven million. It'll be worth about seventeen, eighteen. That's awesome. Now I gotta ask you, are you buying these on your own? Are you JVing, partnering, or syndicating? I'm syndicating. So I use actually a lot of Investors, the creditors actually come to me and they just provide a return on capital. They left the returns. I like what I do. So I, I would consider that a win. Great. And yeah, syndication deals, you're, it's like a force multiplier. You're just able to raise. Are you raising using a fund? Sonos Capital, how do you operate when you're raising these funds? Yeah. So we raise a fund just to provide more transparency were approved and we went through the, all the SEC uh, regulations and guidelines. And I think that's actually, it provides more transparency, I would say. I would actually prefer a fund, uh, recommend a fund to others because I'm not a really big fan of just creating the LLC with the operating agreement investors. I actually like to define it. So it satisfies the SEC, satisfies investors and satisfies me as a sponsor. Great. How can people find out about the fund? Yeah, so if they could just go to sonoscapital.com or they can actually reach out to me or call me 480-674-2035. And I'm probably, I think I am probably on the, you know, the, the internet and they're more than welcome to reach out. Okay. More than likely on the internet. That's fine. Right. Okay. All right, man. I got to ask you now, what is one thing you learned as your wealth increased? To actually stay humble. How do I say this? Don't let it get to your head. Always strive for more, but don't let it get to your head. I actually, I sold the park for, you know, seven figures or something like that. Had a big check. And I, the default would be go to party and celebrate. But I think what I did was I just ordered DoorDash or something like that and actually stayed at home. So it's that humbleness that actually drives you to the next deal and the next deal. I would say that. That's awesome. Listen, I'm just going to say this because I know we were talking about, and when you, when you came on the podcast, I always get people to fill stuff out with a bio and all that stuff. But 
The one thing that sticks out, and it's absolutely true, is the one word to describe you is driven. You have a drive that's, first off, how many people do you know at the age of 25, 26 was out there hustling already? And then on top of that, turn that over the next 20 years into something like this. Driven is an absolute perfect expression of who you are. Yeah, thank you. I don't know. I just, people describe me as that. I just have this, my my drive is unlimited. This is just what I do. I I love what I do. I love getting into the the, the weeds of real estate. Actually, I'm mobile home parks and trying to find out if this is a good deal or not. So maybe it's competitiveness of basketball or maybe I'm just born with it. I don't know, but I love what I do. It's great. And a great analogy when we're talking about sports and real estate is motivation only goes so far. And I'm going to get to the soaring four in a second. Motivation only goes so far, but the discipline takes over when you're done. Yeah, it's 100%. And it's, you know, just get a little bit personal. So when I was in my mid 20s, instead of actually going out and hanging out with my friends, I would. I would just read a lot about real estate and cap rates and vacancy rates and actually learning that. And that was Friday nights. I actually, I remember, I never told anyone the story, but I was going to take a, a girl out on a date by twenties and she thought we were going to go to a nice restaurant. And I actually took her to a, a home that I was actually remodeling. That's how much passion I actually have. About. How'd that turn out? <laughs> just no. Yeah. I had to make that up, but yeah, I just, I love what I do. It's fun. It's creating something out of nothing. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah. So let's go into the soaring four. These are the same four questions that I ask every guest that can help someone who is just starting out achieve new heights. But getting back to that first question, what do you use to keep you motivated? It's not the the money or anything like that, any material. It's, to be honest with you, it may sound cliche, but it's actually how many people can I actually help put in affordable housing? What is the next, what is my next residence or my next tenant looks like? How can I buy a, 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 another manufactured home and actually put that in a park? And I imagine that maybe that family that's looking and I'm able to provide that to them. And I think that's, I really think that's actually what keeps me driven. Okay. What is one thing that you learned that completely changed your mindset? I would say... The ability to multiply your wealth and the ability at the same time, the ability to actually help people. So you can have, you can actually create wealth, but if, if to me, if there's no, I guess, no vehicle to actually experience the help that you actually provide, sometimes it can actually create a void. So I actually like helping and providing somebody the community that, that I invest in. Okay. Altruistic goals, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily about me. So, what tools do you use to keep yourself on track? I actually, I've been using this, and I'll share with you. I can email it to you as well. So, since probably 2005, I keep a sheet and it says things to do today, and I write down everything I actually have to do, and I do that every single day since probably, yeah, 2005. Easy enough, right? Just pen and paper. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Specific type of book or. No, it's pen and paper. I can share it with your listeners. And then I, I, when I'm jotting down ideas, either I have a notepad or I have Evernote on my phone, my computer. So I'm always constantly jotting down ideas on how I can actually help improve a part 
marketing or provide a better house to residents. Okay. And then is what is one thing you'd change if you had to start all over? I wouldn't have done single family homes. I would actually saved more money, maybe waited a year and got into multifamily. I think that, and maybe I sound like a, like maybe contradiction or actually a break. So I'm telling people not to get into single family homes, but I did it. However, I would, you know, save more money, actually get into multifamily or mobile home parks because the scalability is actually just, it benefits you versus a single family. You know, when you look at a single family home and you say, yeah, I've fixed the single family home up and I put granite countertops and an addition and cool floors, it only can increase the value so much. But if I raise rents to market levels and to market and decrease the expenses, then I can create, I can probably increase my net worth you know, a billion dollars that year just by doing that. And that probably takes a few months. That's awesome. All right, man. Listen, Walter, I can't thank you enough for jumping on here with us and providing a lot of value in a very short period of time. I'm just going to ask you to repeat again. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? Yes. Sonoscapital.com, S-O-N-O-S, capital.com. Or you can reach out. You can give my office call, Harry Co. 480-674-2035. Or even my email, Walter at SonosCapital.com. So pretty, I think a lot of people say that I'm actually pretty responsive on email. Awesome, man. I really do appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate being on this podcast. It's a pleasure. Thanks for being a part of the Aim High community. Your support drives us to create valuable content, and we can't wait to see your success stories in real estate investing. Till next time, Aim High. Never stop learning. Bud Evans, signing off. We'll see you soon.